So I'm new to the coast, and so I've just moved um, house. And when I got home the other day, this was inside my front door. Uh, my wife had purchased this, a sign. And let me just read to you the first sort of few sentences. We are family. Know you are loved. Help each other. And have a happy heart. On it goes. And this now greets me when I get home. So each day, uh, my wife got that. But the reason why I thought I'd just show you that is because um, being new to the coast, I've noticed that there's these kind of signs all over the place. Have you noticed that? They're in cafes. If you go into a cafe, there's signs. If you go into um, the shops, there's these signs. If you go into people's homes, if you come to my house, you see these signs uh, everywhere. Even as I was driving here this morning, I saw a brand new sign as I drive. It said, um, life is better in shorts. (laughs) How Central Coast is that? That's awesome. I was like, yeah, life is better in shorts. Um, there's so many signs everywhere. I've been here for a year, and um, one of the things I like to do, like when I see a sign, I take out my phone and I take a quick snapshot of the sign, and I've compiled one year's worth of signs that I've sort of seen as I've gone into cafes and so on. So I'm going to share with you, um, just go through them really quickly, click quickly with you. May your coffee be strong and your Mondays be short. <laughs> That's obviously at a cafe. Uh, enjoy the little things every day. Long live the reckless and the brave. Doesn't usually work like that. Uh, Dream big, travel often, be rebellious, fall in love, speak the truth, spend all your money, work hard, be kind and stay weird. Did you? I thought straight away of Jacob Strickling yesterday. He's got... We love Jacob, um, but he's staying weird. Um, He knows I love him. Um... Sometimes when things seem to be falling apart, they might be actually falling into place. Sometimes I think they're just falling apart. Um, This is one for the guys. Fishing comes first. That was on a tradies van. Um, Comfort is the great adventure thief. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. As long as it doesn't involve lycra. I'm all right with that. Uh, Next one. Wrong way, turn back. Um, no, sorry, that was a sign. At Christmas time, we were driving to Sydney and my wife was driving and we couldn't, we were like, we're trying to get to Sydney and she's taking, and I saw this sign, wrong way, turn back. So that's my idea to get my wife's driving. Um, pick up your towel after showering. Oh, no, that's her revenge on me again. She stick that one in there. Gamble everything for love. Never be the first to arrive to a party or the last to go home, and never, ever be both. I've been there a few times, and it's not pretty. If everything is under control, you're going too slow. Live a seven-day weekend. That's a good coasty one, isn't it? Uh, You've seen that. It's just out here on Terrigal Drive. This is a bit of a slightly longer one. This is your life. Do what you love and do it often. If you don't like something, change it. If you don't like your job, quit. If you don't have enough time, stop watching TV. Life is simple. Life is about people that you meet. All emotions are beautiful. Open your mind, arms and heart to new things and people. Travel, getting lost will help you find yourself. Life is short. Live your dream and wear your passion. That was in the cafe just down at the beach. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. 
the essentials of life, someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Love, a wildly misunderstood, although highly desirable, malfunction of the heart, which weakens the brain, causes eyes to sparkle, cheeks to glow, blood pressure to rise, and lips to pucker. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, Last one, love yourself. That's down at Terrigal Beach. Love yourself. One last one at a cafe, because that's where we started. All you need is love and more coffee. Just quickly, turn to the person on your table. Just have a chat about, did any of those jump out at you? And do you notice any common themes to all of those signs? That was one year. There's a lot of signs, isn't there? All over the place. Um, Just quickly have a chat to the person next to you for less than a minute. Uh, All right, that was a short minute, but um, we're told life is short by those signs, so we're going to kind of resume our time together. And um, I don't know, there's a lot of signs all around us, and um, one in particular might have jumped out at you. I quite like seeing these signs. Um, I think... um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in them, and I like engaging with them, and I like thinking about them. But two things just quickly I'd like to do with you this morning is just quickly to reflect on the significance of these signs, words. And the other thing I'd like to do is just briefly talk to you about what I think is one of the major themes that we often see when you you see these signs around the place, one of the major themes that it's sort of speaking to us on. So just first of all, just the significance of signs. Do you notice that the word significance even has the word sign in it? It starts, significance. That is, words are important because words are trying to communicate something to people. There's a communication going on and there's also a dialogue, in a sense, trying to be created. When someone sort of sticks up words, it's the, the primary form, really, of communication and also it's the primary form of trying to actually establish a relationship. That's one of the big significance of words. And just to introduce to you... Um, We as Christians believe that the Bible is God's word. And the Bible says to us, this is what the Bible says about itself, is that it is God's word. It's God's, if you like, sign or word to this world. And by just that alone is the idea or concept that God is a God who seeks to communicate, that he chooses to use words so that he can be then understood. And not just to be understood, but that God could possibly be known And not just possibly be known, but the Bible tells us that he wants to be known. And so he chooses to use words, just like you and I will choose to use words when it comes to this idea of a relationship. So you might say, well, God's like us, but actually the Bible, it's not that God is like we're here and God is like us. The Bible will say that we're like God, that we are created in his image, it says in the Bible. So we're born, if you like, we're created in order to have relationship and in order to know him. So that's just a quick thing on this idea of um, God speaking to be known and not just known about. Just spoke a little bit about this um, earlier in the week. There's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing them, isn't there? 
So just think for a moment of um, all those celebrities, and um, you look at your Facebook feed, and you can kind of you read all sorts of things about those sort of celebrities, and you can know all sorts of things about them, but do you really know them? Like for example, Justin Bieber. You know who I'm talking about? I could tell you heaps of things about him. Not really. I couldn't. I can tell you one thing I know about Justin Bieber. Um, a bloke came up to me the other day and he said, Justin Bieber saved my life. I said, wow, that's amazing. How did, he, how did that happen? That's pretty cool. I said, well, I was in a coma for like six months and I wouldn't wake up. The nurse came in and she turned on the radio and Justin Bieber was playing. So I got up and I turned the radio off and then <laughs> I realised all these nurses that came rushing in and I was awake. <laughs> so that's a joke, yeah? Didn't really happen. Just to warn you, like Justin Bieber, like, his, the pendulum swung, swings out that way, but if you've got kids, he's kind of, he's back on the cool side. So just, you can use that joke with your kid if you like, but be warned. We can know about people by, I guess, a whole bunch of ways. And the Bible says that um, we can know about God by just going for a walk to the beach. And I love doing this with my kids. You look at the, you walk down, and this is amazing. It's beautiful. If there's a creator and he made this, He's pretty amazing. He's awesome. And not only is he good, he obviously gets this sense of beauty and he gets this sense of awe in there. And so we can know stuff about him like that way. But God tells us in the Bible that he wants us to not just know about him, but to know him, actually to relate with him. And the way that we do that, the Bible says, is listen to my words, like engage with what it is that I'm saying to you. So that's the first thing, just that's the significance, if you like, of science. But just quickly, the second point, one of the major themes that I think we see again and again on these sort of signs, and as I hold this, I think, how much did my wife pay for this? (laughs) I could have put that together on a bit of paper and a texter, and then I could have probably used that money to buy something more, like a case of beer or something. (laughs) But just look, we are family, know you are loved. And it's kind of interesting, it's the second one there about what I think is one of the major themes that these signs keep picking up again and again, love. A lot of these signs that we see around the place, they talk about this thing that we call love. Let me just quickly remind, I'll just pick up a few of those ones that I shared with you earlier on love. And as I do that, I'll sort of say, what's these signs telling us about love? So the first thing is, Gamble everything for love. That's what the sign says. The essentials of life, someone to love, that's the first thing. Then something to do, then something to look forward to. Love is essential. That's what the signs tell us. The second thing is life is short, break the rules, forgive quickly, kiss slowly, and to love truly. So it's saying that we're interested in true love, genuine, real deal, and everyone can spot a fake. And so we don't want, that's, that's not what the world, we don't want the fakeness when it comes to this thing called love. But it does beg the question, what does it mean by true love? What's the real deal when it comes to this word? Because the third sort of quote that we looked at, or sign was, love is a wildly misunderstood, though highly desirable malfunction of the heart, which weakens the brain. It's a hard word to nail down, isn't it, love? I think it is hugely misunderstood sort of word. What do we mean? Is it just an emotion? Is it how I feel? Is it um, an action? Um, 
what, what, what are we even talking about when we use the word love? And what you use for the word love may be different to what I use for the word love. It's, it's wildly uh, just misunderstood. What is love? And in the end, it all can become a little bit meaningless, actually, as we sort of talk about it. But here's the last one. Love yourself. So summary statement, love is essential, love truly, it's wildly misunderstood, and the signs tell us, in the end, love yourself. That's what the signs are telling us. But what I'd like to do is just in the next little few minutes is just introduce to you what God in the Bible says about this topic called love. And if you have not been introduced to the Bible before, here's an interesting little stat as I was preparing for this. The word love is used 682 times in the Bible. And it's not a big book. Like, it's not bigger than Harry Potter or anything like that if you've read to your kids. But in the Bible, this Bible has 1,200 pages. So just get what I'm saying. So on every two pages, so every time I turn the page, statistically speaking, love, love, love. 682 times, love, love. So really, you could say this is a book written on love by the one who invented the whole thing. So as we come to the book of love, another thing just to encourage you with, I've investigated this myself, and if, if what I'm about to say, if, if I'm wrong, then I'd love for you to come up to me afterwards and say, no, 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 you missed something. So I've investigated other, um, other religions, and in my investigation, um, I don't think any other religion says explicitly... God loves you. So I investigated Buddhism, and it's about enlightenment, and it's about you coming to a certain point of realisation, and I investigated that for a while. Islam will speak about Allah, and there's one of his qualities is love, for sure, but it's not saying that God loves you. It's about submission, and it's about some other sort of words. So from my investigations, this is the only one that says explicitly, God loves you. So... What do those four things the signs say and what might God say in response? Love is essential to life. Yes. The Bible totally agrees with that statement. Absolutely. In the back part of the Bible, one of the writers is a guy called Paul. He says that if he has all the money in the world and he gives it away, if he has all the greatest gifts and he's amazing and he does all these amazing things with his life, but if he doesn't have love, he says he is nothing. It is essential. And so the God of the Bible would totally agree with this idea that love is essential. But what I'd encourage you to think about is love is a bit of a problem uh, or a bit of a struggle if you are a materialist atheist. If you don't believe in God, our materialist sort of world says you, we only believe or engage with that which can be measured, that which can be seen under a microscope. So show me love. Show me um, the DNA. Is there a DNA strand that says that's love? In a materialist world where there is no God, how do we explain or how do we prove love? Um, the second thing, true love, not fake love. Absolutely yes. Again, Paul in that same passage in 1 Corinthians, he writes to a particular group of people. He says this phrase, he says, love rejoices with the truth. Did you get that? So when there's love and truth together, they have a baby called joy. 
love, truth. It's a party is going on when those two things go together, love and truth. So again, the Bible totally agree, but it, does, it begs the question, what do we mean by true love? This is where I'll sort of speak a little bit um, sort of honestly with you for a moment. The poster said that it's wildly misunderstood. And I think the reason why it's a wildly misunderstood word is if you're anything like me, you're very cynical when we start throwing around this word, love. Because what we um, experience as we grow up, and often we hear people say this term to us, and we especially, we we, we seek it out and we, we want it, and people use the word, but often what they're really meaning is that fourth one, which is love yourself. Do you know what I mean? They're saying, I love you, but really what they're wanting to do is gratify themselves. What they really want is something that is about themselves, not about you. And so often our experience of love leaves us a little bit jaded when it comes to this sort of topic. But what do we mean by true? True love, we can understand truth in two ways. The first is real, not superficial real, but not sort of wishy-washy, feely good kind of expression of love. So sometimes I feel like some of these things, these signs, they get a little bit too, you know, wishy-washy. But if that's all that love is, then it's not true. It's just words. And words are a bit cheap sometimes. But there are other types of signs that you'll see. Like, for example, the one that I saw with my wife when she was driving wrong way, go back. Because if you choose to ignore that sign, there's sort of implications, right? My wife's learnt that a few times. It's important at moments of truth that, in a sense, it calls for a response. If you're at the beach and you see that sign, don't go in the water, there's sharks about, there's pretty big implications. And so truth matters, especially at key points of life, Truth really does matter. But there's another sense of the word true. When we talk about true love, we're talking about true as in genuine, as in not a lie. It's not a false thing. It's actually, when I say it, I really mean it. And again, in this materialist world in which we live, the response that people say is, I love you, people say, prove it. How do I know that you're not just another one of those ones who's saying it in order to get something out of me? In this book, which God is the author of, he says that God demonstrates his love, that is, he proves his love in this, that whilst we were still his enemy, he sent his son Jesus in order to die for us. That's his proof, if you like, that God exists. So he came into history as a man to show that he's real and that you can... um, You can test it, you can test it historically, you can investigate this thing historically, but he stepped into this world so that he could say, I exist and I want to communicate with you, I want you to know me. And then he also did that to demonstrate that he loves. And his demonstration of love is his not only coming to earth, but coming to die on the cross. So love, the world says, love yourself. Because if you've had that experience, and so many of us have this poor, puny excuse of love, that's what we think we're hearing, because the world says, love yourself. 
Because if that's the only experience of love that you've ever had, if you don't love yourself, who will love you? Because everybody else, the whole world's just loving themselves. So we, we have to love ourselves. But Jesus came, and then what he taught about love is he says the most truly radical thing in terms of any teacher you'll ever hear. He says, love your enemy. That's breathtaking sort of love. That's the sort of love that you give to someone that you don't want to give your love to. And the way in which he did it, not just by words and his teaching, but by his actions, was as he went to the cross. And so Jesus says, don't, it's not about loving yourself, it's about other-centeredness. And so the Bible will speak a lot about not loving yourself, but loving others. And not just loving others, this is the radical nature of God's love, is that you are to love your enemy. That's crazy talk when you start thinking about love. What it's talking about is sacrificial love. And as I speak to you, um, I think mums get this, right? You get sacrificial love probably better than a lot of the guys. Um, A few years ago, um, there was the Boxing Day tsunami. Do you remember that? It was, um, I think it was in early 2000s. And um, there's all sorts of amazing images that came out throughout that time and amazing stories as well. But one that really stuck in my mind was it was on the front page of the newspaper and it was a picture of um, the wave at the beach coming. And what it was was this wall of white water coming towards the beach. And the wall was so big that there was a boat that obviously was out there somewhere and the boat was sort of tumbling in towards the water. And the first thing I thought was, that cameraman, man, he should just be legging it and not standing there taking photos. But then also what was extraordinary is everybody in the screen is running in the opposite, like they're running towards the camera. Obviously, run. But in the image, there's one person and they're running towards the wave. You think, why? Who is that person? And why are they running towards the wave? The answer is it's a mum. Where's the dad? I don't know. But it's the mum. And her children are playing in the shallows. They think it's a big game. And they have no idea that this white water's coming for them, the mother heads towards the danger out of this tremendous love that she has for her children. And the Bible tells us that Jesus came because he has such an extraordinary love for this world that he wants to come in order to save this world from that sort of selfish, self-centered sort of love and death and sin and all of those things that that huge wave, God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son. So, I'm going to finish up now, and I'm going to finish by saying, we're talking about love, and what, what I guess, what, what do you do with that? And um, I've learned a few things about love. My wife would say otherwise. But I've learned, not this one's not from experience, but if you, if you went out on a date, and at the end of the first date, the person said to you, look, I love you, and you should marry me, People are like, that person's a weirdo. I hope no, maybe you've, I hope no one's done that here. <laughs> um, but you probably wouldn't go on the second date. When that person rings, I'd be like, no. Nah. Um, and that's not, what we're, that's not what we're asking you to do because as you hear this information that there's a God, he, he wants to be known, he wants to relate, he wants to communicate, he loves you. We understand that's a big kind of call. And we're not saying you have to respond straight away, but what we're saying to you is we've had a great week together. This has been fantastic. 
Every day we've been in here and hopefully you're talking and we're engaging on a whole bunch of stuff. But we're hoping that that's just the beginning of um, a communication, a beginning of a, of a relationship as you get to know us a little bit more. And so there's a several ways. We actually, what we'd love is for you just to continue with us. And we don't want to put pressure on you or anything like that. Um, we're not going to kind of call for an immediate response. But what we'd love to do is, because Jesus coming into this earth is a historical reality and we believe it's true, it does have implications. It's one of those signs, not just that um, you're loved, that's nice, but it's like the other sign which says, wrong way, go back. It's like those two signs. It's not either or, it's both end. Because God does love you like that, for sure. He loves you, but also he loves you so much that he's willing to give his own son so that it makes a difference. And that's the love of God that we speak of. You can investigate it. And the way we'd encourage you to investigate and come with us is primarily we'd love for you to come to life. And on the tables that are hopefully before you all week, you'll see this little invitation to it. You'll see this form. And so in a moment, I'm going to finish and I'm going to sit down. But we would love for you to tick the box and say, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to investigate. I'm willing to engage with you. I'm willing to ask the questions. Um, if you've come with a friend, then maybe your friend will come with you. Or if you want to come, feel free to bring another friend along because sometimes it's hard if you're here alone. I'm new and I know what it's like to be new. So you can bring a friend and... Uh, we would like to be loving and careful and gentle with your friend as well. But that's one way in which we would love to continue this sort of dialogue with you. Another way is summer series, and that kicks off uh, this Saturday and Sunday, whichever day works best for you, Saturday or Sunday. Um, what's the biggest question in life? We do that all through January, and we wrestle with a different question every uh, weekend. And again, that's in the booklet right in front of you. One final invitation I'll make to you as well is because we feel so strongly about it, um, if you don't have one of these, but you'd like one, then I'll give you one for free. And you just come and see me afterwards, and we'll give you uh, your own Bible, and you're welcome to take that for free. So just let me finish. Today I've been talking about um, love. It's upside down, isn't it? Sorry. Um, I've been talking to you about love, and I just want to encourage you as I finish, as you drive out of here today... And over the next few weeks, you're going to see signs everywhere. You'll see them as you pull out of this driveway. You'll see them as you're going to the beach. You'll see flags. That's a sign. Um, you will see signs everywhere. Some of the signs are like this one, which are feel-good kind of ones. Other signs, like slow down and stuff, you'll see those as well. I just want to encourage you to just remember this message, that God loves you. And the reason I can say that is he tells me that here, and he wants you to know that love. So I'm going to finish there. I'm going to invite Amber to come up. Thanks, Nathan. Um, we do have time for questions, as usual, so put your hand up, keep it up, and the microphone will make its way to you. Um, I've got a question. Mm. Is the sign going back up, Mel? Or maybe wrong way, go back. Is that going back up instead in your hallway? I think it will go back up. So I think it's good... Um, how many times do we tell our kids we love them? Mm. So, like, you, I don't think you can tell them enough because you say it again, you say it again, you say it again. And even with my son, we're having a bit of a crisis in confidence at the moment. So if he gets in trouble or something, he'll say, oh, you don't, you don't love me. And I'll say, no, of course I love you. You're doing the wrong... Like, it doesn't mean you're doing the right thing mm. and we need to 
keep working, but we love you, you know? Mm. So I don't think you can tell your kids enough mm. that they do want to be known, to, mm. like they're, they're loved. So I, I'll, I'll allow it to go back, but I'll probably make Mel buy me a case of beer. That'll be like, Got that. that'll be the transactional kind of thing. <laughs> uh, okay, our first question over here. Nathan, uh, great talk there. And you got the endorsement of my 13-year-old son, Andrew, here. He oh, said, good. You know, while we were clapping, he goes, good talk, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How good is it? Like, um, again, having the different generations here is such a wonderful thing. And I think um, the, the love that uh, we speak of is tremendous. So, yeah. so my question is, you talked about sacrificial love and you talked on um, love. Is it a verb or is it an adjective doing yeah, word or something? Yeah. Perhaps if you could explain a little more on that mm. and um, particularly whether what comes first, the feelings or the actions? Oh, so when you're yeah. sorting a question, because uh, I often direct the kids, you know, what would Jesus do in sorting out a moment? So yeah, yeah. And the feeling's not there, but then the action, you yeah. talk sacrificial love. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that's an excellent question. Um, in a sense, which one comes first? Is, is love a feeling? Is it just an emotion? And is it a warm, fuzzy feeling that I get sort of inside? Or is love an action, like something has to happen? And I think often um, the mistake I often make in either my marriage or with people is um, if I think it's just one and not the other. Like, I think it's kind of constantly we, we're trying to balance what we're saying and, and what's real with our actions as well. So I do think there's a little bit of a sort of dance between those two things. And um, what would I say? I, I think um, there are times where love is not easy. So it's easy to say, I love you, but to actually put it into action means I need to be thinking less of myself, which is very hard. Um, so sometimes just trying to do the action of loving for the sake of the other, um, I think I'm compelled towards that sometimes. But of course, I think it would be a mistake to think it's all just um, action because um, the other danger is we just get in this sense of like we're, we're just these machines and robots. And so... And I think that's a big mistake sometimes as well, that we're not just... God didn't make us to be robots. He made us with this thing, love. And so it's an amazing gift of God. And so we want to foster that and want to embrace it too. Yeah. Can we thank Nathan for his presentation? Thanks. Thanks.